Everyone has a story to tell. Welcome to Dingo Talk, where we explore the experiences that make us who we are. Here's your host, Carlo Guadagnino. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino, and this is Dingo Talk. We are back in the PAC talking to head football coach of Teal College, Sam Bauman. He's entering his second year uh, as head coach. But before we tell you the rest of that story, make sure you check us out on the social medias, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. The only one different is the Instagram page. It's dingo underscore talk. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcast or listen to your podcast, thank you. Give us a hit that little notification bell and a thumbs up. And if you're watching us on YouTube, also thank you. Uh, make sure you hit the thumbs up and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything. Uh, Coach Bauman is going to talk to us about his journey from uh, from his days as a player to his coaching career through uh, the couple schools that he went to and then finishing at Teal where he's been now for two years. Uh, we talked about, uh, for those that know the Teal tradition, the ringing the bell after the victory bell, um, which he hasn't been able to do yet at a home game, but he did pick up the first win in five years, him and the, the Teal Tomcats. They, they picked up their first win in uh, since 2017, and it was against uh, my alma mater there at Bethany. 27-26 to 26 was the final of that game, so we're going to talk to him about what that win was uh, importance-wise to the program, among other things. It's not my job to tell Coach Bauman's story. That's his job. So without further ado, this is Coach Bauman. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. We are staying in the PAC. Uh, we are with head coach of Teal College, Sam Bauman. Coach Bauman, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, we're going to do this the same way we do every week. First, we're going to talk about you and, and how you got to Teal, and then we'll talk about uh, the program, et cetera. Let's start with, let's take you back to 2006. Does an 18-year-old Coach Bauman, oh, I guess, how does an 18-year-old Sam find yeah. himself at college? Um, it, it was actually a, a pretty crazy recruitment. Um, you know, I'd never heard of it, never been to the school. It was about an hour and a half away until January of my senior year. So um, they, they had a coaching change there. Um, Coach Brand, who I played for, uh, took over a program. And, you know, I, I was one of the first guys he was able to bring in and uh, the first class that he was able to bring in. And it was it was a blast. I loved my time there. Um, you know, it was it was a great school. I got a great education and uh, got to play with a lot of guys who, uh, you know, have done a lot of cool things outside of football, inside of football. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't go back and change anything about it. Well, and it's, it, I, I, as I was doing my research, I think it's interesting that uh, when a lot of people, the stereotypical opinion of a football player or an athlete in college is you went to school to be a gym teacher or a business major or somewhere down and nothing against either, any of those majors. You did not go that route. You have a bachelor's in science in psychology. Um, why was psychology where, where you wanted to take your degree? Uh, I knew early, I, I went into college thinking I, the sciences and maths were, were the route I was going to go. And then I took uh, physics and calculus two and three, and I decided, no, I was, I was good not doing that as a uh, career. 
Um, so I, I, being a science guy, psychology is kind of the, the next thing over. And um, my, my backup plan was always, you know, always in the back of my head. I love football. I wanted to be a part of it. What version of that going forward, I wasn't sure. But once I realized I wasn't going to be an engine, anything with to deal with that, that was the the, the route that I, I took. So basically second semester uh, uh, freshman year, I decided, hey, I'm going to be a football coach. What's a good edge, you know, an area I can jump into. Psychology is a lot about teaching. It's a lot about the mind and it's a lot about motivation. So I, I wanted to jump into that and uh, really pull what I thought would help me as a coach in that field. So now that's you, you, I'm, I'm like some of the coaches we've had prior, they, they finished their playing career and, and got the opportunity to coach right away at their alma mater. You did not do that. You ended up mm -hmm. leaving your alma mater. Um, was that a job choice from you? Was that an, there was the opportunity just wasn't there at the time. Why the choice to leave once you graduated? That was actually uh, the advice I got from my head coach. Um, he, he said, you know, it's, it's really hard jumping in with guys that you know, guys that you've experienced college with and trying to, you know, coach them up and motivate them and and discipline them at times, right? And uh, so he, he really suggested, hey, it, it'd be great for you to branch out. He was the defensive coordinator at the University of Chicago a couple of years before. So he had a very good relationship with coach Maloney. Um, so I got an interview down there and uh, it was basically, uh, you know, an awesome start as far as that goes. So he, he was well, able to help set me up and uh, get me that position. And you spent two years there. So, I mean, it was a, it was a good, obviously you really yeah. enjoyed being a part of that staff. It was, it was only one. Um, so I, I was there the one year and, it was awesome. I, I love my time at Chicago. Um, you know, it, it incredible student athletes there. Obviously, it was uh, it was fun to be able to coach those guys. And then um, I got to work with a really good staff. Um, I don't know how many staffs the year that we won the conference there, and all three coordinators, so the offense, defense, and special teams coordinators, all got head coaching jobs that year. So I was able to follow our offensive coordinator down to Rose Holman um because of the success that we had so it was it was really cool and uh, you know winning a conference championship not a bad deal either now what was the experience like going from chicago to the the university of, uh, or rose holman uh suit of technology correct that's Absolutely. i have yep. it written there and i, <laughs> I yep. messed myself <laughs> up a little bit yep rhit so what yep. was the what was the i guess the biggest difference between being at the university of chicago and then rhit um, I mean, it's it's still very smart students. It's it's a really highly regarded engineering school, but it's engineering students. So um, those guys, if one plus one doesn't equal two, sometimes their mind explodes a little bit. So it was it was interesting to be able to to have to uh, teach a different way so that they could understand, um, you know, how to go about doing the things that we were trying to get them to do. Because there wasn't a lot of gray area for them. They needed it to all add up in their minds. So we had to make sure that we were able to present that in a great way, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, we, we could do a lot of stuff. Um, you know, they, they loved to all, all new concepts because that kept them engaged. That kept them mm -hmm. having fun. Uh, you know, a, as far as a personal challenge, I was able to take over a room, whereas I was just an assistant um, helping out with the defensive backs at Chicago, helping out the defensive coordinator, letting him kind of be a coordinator while I took over the position at times. And now I got to run my own room, run the linebackers. So it was fun to uh, have that added responsibility and then uh, go to class as well, being a GA at uh, Indiana State. 
Well, and that's, I was going to ask, there's, there's two parts to this next question. One, you're trying to get your master's right at Indiana state. The other side of that is you're not just working with the linebackers. You became kind of in charge of the recruitment side of things at HIT. What was, why did you jump into recruitment and what, what draws you to the recruitment side? Cause that's a big deal when you're talking, being a head coach of a program. Yeah, no, I mean, as as much as we think, you know, we can really change things as coaches, it's it's about the players. So if you don't have the players in your system to be able to run what you're trying to run, it's really hard to win football games. So, you know, it's really, really important to bring in, um, you know, players who buy into a system, who are excited about being at a place and who um, really are willing to work hard. So it was really important to jump into that. It's something that uh, I've definitely grown as I've gone through it. And uh, it's been a, it's been a blast to, uh, you know, I, I've recruited at a bunch of different institutions. I've recruited a bunch of different types of kids and, I, and it's fun creating those relationships. And, and, uh, and uh, it, it's been, it's been a wild ride so far. And then the other side, back to the beginning of that question, why the decision to go back to school? Why did you feel the need to, to get your master's? Was that always a goal kind of, coming out of school, was that something you really were, were working to attain or was it kind of it, the opportunity presented itself and let's, let's jump on it. It, it was a, a lot of to do with the opportunity. Um, I think in this profession, um, you know, especially I knew eventually I wanted to be a head coach and a lot of times, you know, being if as a head coach, you're sometimes a faculty member, they want to see you have the highest degree in your field. So it's kind of just a, a box that you got to check. And uh, it was an opportunity to go take classes. And uh, it, it was fun because I got to, uh, you know, switch over from psychology to more of a physical education um, degree where I got that that master's in coaching. So it was uh, it was cool to be able to uh, kind of see a different side of academia and uh, and explore that. Now. Once you, you, you've established yourself at, at RHIT, why the decision to join the staff at, because, you, and then you spend, I mean, that's a very long time there mm -hmm. with, with that program. So why was that the right fit? Um, you know, it was it just, it's crazy how coaching works. So the uh, defensive coordinator I worked at, uh, at Rose, um, Brian Vaughn, he had worked with another coach who had worked with Frank, Frank Colapreet, who I worked with uh, at Worcester for basically a decade. So it was kind of one of those small world things where Brian said, hey, this this, this opening is there. It's something that, you know, I, I think you would, would fit really well. I was able to interview Frank and it was one of those things where uh, we hit it off pretty quick. And, uh, you know, after I think the next day I got the job offer, I was out there on Monday. Um, so it was a real quick turnaround and, uh, you know, it, it was, uh, at, you know, taking that job, you, if you would have asked me then, would I be at uh, Worcester for nine years? I probably would have said no way, but it, it, the way things worked out, it, it uh, it happened, uh, you know, and it was, it's been an awesome, it was an awesome experience being there for sure. Well, in that nine years, there was a, that was kind of a turning point for the program, correct? I mean, you, there was a not so great 2012. 2012 and then 2013 everything kind of just turns and it, and it seems to be an uphill what was what was the the reasoning for that was it a culture buy-in was it just complete overhaul from the coaches what how did that change yeah I mean coming in as a new staff it was uh you know I, I think they just a change needed to be made it, you know good bad or indifferent just needed to liven up the place and uh you know we came in with some new ideas um you know a new work ethic a new um you know, energy uh, to and kind of move some guys around. Um, that's the one thing uh, 
I'll, I'll always take from Frank is, you know, you're, you're trying to tinker, you're trying to find the right spot for the right guy, because that's going to make you the best version. So moving D tackles over to a line, moving DBs over running back, we were able to mix and match and uh, create uh, a really effective football team that, uh, you know, had a really big turnaround, uh, two wins to seven. So it was uh, pretty, pretty exciting. And it was, it was mm -hmm. a lot of fun that first year. First year. Now, so you're nine years in, when does the teal job start to kind of show itself on your radar? When are you starting to think, okay, I, I like where I'm at, but I obviously I want to become a head coach. When are you starting to really look and, and, and were there other jobs where were you looking at different things other than teal or did teal once you got there, was it just kind of the fit? Um, I think, you know, right around COVID is when I knew I was going to be, you know, it was kind of ready to make that next step. Um, so that just everything that happened, uh, you know, just needed something, you know, everyone kind of got a little stir crazy and I, I was definitely in that boat. Um, and then, you know, I was able to, uh, I think get the interview at Teal, which, you know, piqued my interest a little bit and it really didn't happen until I got on campus and really got to experience the place that I was like, this is a place I could definitely see myself at. This is a place where I think we can win a lot of football games. And that's exciting to me. I mean, that, I wouldn't take a job if I didn't think that there was a future with a lot of success. And mm -hmm. so it was, it was really interesting. And I had a couple interviews uh, after the teal one and I, you know, I kind of uh, slept walked through them because I, I kind of had my mind made up. I knew what I wanted and I, I was really excited about this opportunity and uh, was lucky enough to get offered the job and, uh, Another one of those where, you know, it was a Thursday and I was there on Monday. So it's just, it's kind of the way this profession works and you, you got to pack up and go. Now let's talk about that you experienced when you came to campus. What, what is it about Teal? Cause I know uh, as a football player, I, there's some, there's definitely some attraction and some goofiness with your, with your stadium, you know, the, the having the, the cemetery right there and it's, yep on the side where the the away team stands yep. so it's a little it's it can be very eerie at times on that on that field so what was it that really brought you to teal uh it's the community um it, you know the, the the you know talking to the people that were here whether it's the student athletes the the professors here the administration um just the pride they have in this place and you know the people who are here are here for a long, long time. There's a lot of, you know, 20 plus 30 plus year people here. And I think that's really exciting because they want to have a, they want this place to be as successful as possible. And they know football being successful helps the school be successful. And so it, it's been really, really fun to get to know this place. And it's been really cool that my initial impression has really, uh, shown off because uh you know it, it wasn't kind of a hey, surprise now everything's changed there's been a, there's still a really tight-knit community everyone mm -hmm. that uh you know, i thought was all about this place this has really been all about it so if i'm a i'm, I'm an 18 year old kid or even let's say i'm a junior in high school i'm, I'm starting mm -hmm. to look i'm starting to look around um you looking for you're talking to a recruit looking for from that guy what are you, what, what are some of the the attributes of the person and you know obviously he's got to be he got to be able to play yeah I mean that, that first you know obviously we want guys who can play ball but you know we're looking for guys who first and foremost have a strong interest in what we're doing 
you know, you get on campus, experience what we are all about, because you got to want to be here. You got to want to be a part of what we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. for the long haul. Right. So it's got to be something that you're, you're interested in, you're excited about. And then the biggest trait we're looking for is guys who just love to work. Um, you know, it's, it's gotta be something where they know that the work that they're going to put in is going to help them be the best version of themselves on the football field. So, you know, there, there just has to be that kind of, you know, I guess nowadays that dog in them, right. So you hear that all the time, but you just got to be able to be relentless and to be excited about doing hard things well. And if we do that, you know, we're, 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 if we recruit a bunch of those guys, we're going to be a really good football. And that's that's now what area fundamental like like when you're talking the heart of your recruitment area where mm-hmm. where are you looking immediately like when you're when you're at the college and you're just yep. looking at the outskirts is that the first like look we want to make sure we cover this and then yep. continue to go out is that how that goes yeah we're about an hour and a half radius and that's where we want to that's what where we want the majority of our football team if you don't have to know much about football to know that western pennsylvania northeast ohio is really really good football there's a lot of really good football players in this area. We need to find guys from this area who, who are excited about what we're doing. So that's where we live. That's where we want to get our most guys from. And then we branch out because we, we can be a little national because we are a school that's able to do that. So we've had some success in different pockets, but we want our core to be from this area. Now, what's the importance, in your opinion, of Division Three? It's awesome. It, it's a chance to compete. Um, you know, I, I, I playing it only coaching in it. I know it's just, it's, it's a, it's a level that while you can have a ton of success, you can go on to play at the next level. It's a chance for four more years of football. It's a chance for four more years of whatever sport you're looking for while getting a great education while being able to further yourself. So it's, it's just the best of all worlds. And um, you know, it's, it's not intramurals. So you're, you're competing, you're working hard, you're Mm -hmm. doing everything you need to do. But at the end of the day, it's also about being a student athlete. So, you know, it's it's less of a business than maybe the big time schools are. So I, I like that fact where you can build those relationships, work really hard, but still have that sense of uh, family, that sense of uh, community. Absolutely. Now, do, would you say that the transfer portal, is it as big of a deal in the Division Three realm as it is maybe Division Two or Division One, And is it more maybe those division two guys or division one guys looking more to drop down for the playing time than they are maybe going division three school to division three school. I mean, we're still learning about it, right? Because it is only the, really the second year. So it's, it's one of those things where I think there's a lot of, obviously, you know, the national discussion, there is a lot of problems with it. We need to keep working on fixing it, but I think there's a lot of positives to it as well, because it gives those kids a chance to, you know, at 18, if, if I knew exact, I would not be in this profession if I was doing what I thought I was going to be doing right out of school. Right. So, you know, there, there are mistakes, there are different situations where you should be given that opportunity to, uh, to look elsewhere. So I got no problem with that. I think for us, it's, it is those kids that are maybe looking to play, um, you know, they, they went to, Hey, they wanted to get that higher level. They got that offer and it's just not quite working out for them. You know, that I think division three is, can be a place where, you know, let's get you out there. Let's get you competing. Um, let, let's get you doing, playing the game you love again, because 
you know, it, it might not have been working out there where you're just down the depth chart and not getting those opportunities. So, you know, we're, we're you know, we'll try to use it a little bit. And uh, it's it's been, you know, I think a lot of the coaches who kind of evolve with it ha mm -hmm. have uh, had some success with it. And, um, you know, it's not ideal. It's not perfect. But I think if you you try to work within the, the system that's there and you, you really uh, attack it the right way, it could be a useful tool. Coach, what's your message to the TO alumni as the program sits right now? Um, you know, there's a lot of excitement right now within our building, within our community, because we're the only ones who know kind of the work that we're putting in, um, you know, how hard our staff is working to recruit uh, individuals, how hard our players who are currently here are in the weight room doing the things they need to do. Um, you know, so we are really, really excited. And, uh, you know, it's not going to show up yet because we haven't had the success that that excitement had, you know, that we haven't seen those fruits yet. But mm -hmm. um, we're, we're patiently building. We know that this thing is going to take maybe a little bit of time, but, you know, I think we're doing it the right way. I think we are um, building it from the ground up. And I'm really excited about um, the foundation we have and the steps that we've taken. Next fall, we get to see how many steps we actually have taken. If it's a big step, a little step, but I know we've moved forward as a program, which is, I think, you know, what you want to do every year, you're trying to get a little bit better. Well, and let's talk about that because in 2022, was first step mm -hmm. was getting win against Stephanie, uh, my alma mater. So it's a little sting on this side, but um, talk about what that meant for this group that's on campus right now and what that meant for you uh, in your first year. I mean, it obviously meant to the world, especially the, the juniors and the seniors who have just, they have lived this street, right? So that that's all they've heard of. That's all they kind of, when they go home, they, they that's what Teal was known for, right? It was the longest streak at the time. And we were able to, uh, to break it this last fall. So it just was like a weight was lifted off and you could just see it, you know, it was pouring rain. It was 40 degrees. It was not, not the most ideal, but no one wanted to leave that football field. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was just really a cool experience. It was really exciting. And um, you know, it, it's definitely something I'll, I'll never forget because, you know, it was my first win, but you could just see how important it was to everyone else that was uh, on that football field and, and how much it meant to them. It, it made it even more special. So it was pretty exciting for sure. Well, and we, I, the reason I asked that question is I had coach uh, Didiano on um, weeks ago. And mm -hmm. I did not ask him about, you know, they had themselves a streak and, yeah. and it, that was a turning point for, for the program. I, I, I know that that's we're one step at a time, but that seems to be um, first win since 2017 and I, I went back because I was interested to see um, that win was against. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that same that same damn Bison team yep. from down there in Bethany. So uh, <laughs> yep. we just uh, just needed to make sure I got that out there. And, and But that's you, three in a row uh, for you guys, right? So that's how you got to look at it. <laughs> um, now the program, they got the first win out of there they got a, that off their shoulders there's there's it's great work being done obviously you guys are i'm guessing in the middle of spring ball might maybe coming to the end of spring ball right near the end yep so and how does for like as you said that there's a lot you can tell that the steps have been made forward 
what have you noticed specifically in spring ball, getting the guys back on the field and whatnot? What's the attitude of the team? Just the the speed on the field is different, which has been really cool to see. Um, you know, we're, we're just moving. We, we know where we're going. We're moving faster. There, there's more confidence out there. And then, um, you know, it's just kind of um, the confident, like really the confidence that our players have that we are running systems that are working, that, you know, they are succeeding within those systems. They, they see the hard work starting to pay off. So it's been really exciting. And, uh, you know, we're not there yet. You know, we still have practices where I'm scratching my head and wondering what we got, what we got going on. But for the most part, we've had a very, very good spring, a very positive, um, and it's it's all pushing in the right direction, and that's that's really exciting to me. All right, Coach, now we go to the, the portion of the show where we just get to know you by the okay. questions that were submitted. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Um, I, I just I, – my brother used to live out there. I, I love it out there, Colorado. It's, it's, a, it's a really – just a fun area. He lived uh, in Longmont, not far from Rocky Mountain National Park. And uh, it just, it's beautiful out there. So I would say somewhere in that region, because it's, it's, it's cool up in those mountains. What's the most important lesson that you've learned thus far over your career? Um, I think be authentic. I think, especially as a young coach, you try to either mimic another coach or, or, you know, try to, you know, cater to what others are saying, what they're doing, where I think if you're not yourself, you know, players see through that. So mm -hmm. just trying to, um, you know, always kind of go out there with the same kind of demeanor, same focus, and, uh, and and just be true to yourself. If you weren't coaching, what would you be doing and why? No idea. Um <laughs> Honestly, I don't, I don't know. Like uh, I got to keep this job because I, I don't have many fallbacks. Um, you know, I, I honestly, I, like it's hard to think of doing anything else if I'm being completely honest. Um, maybe in education, cause I'd be teaching, you know, cause I'd have that, that ability or, uh, and still be around a game maybe, but uh, yeah. you know, I, I can't see myself not um, coaching. Uh, best compliment you've ever received. Um, my, I don't know if it's the best, but I think the one that jumped to my mind right away is my high school or my, not my high school, my college coach said I was the best bad football player he's ever seen. So, um, a little bit of a backhanded compliment, but, uh, a compliment nonetheless. So the other side to that question is best insult you've ever received. Which it might be the same. Be... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so no, it was one of those where, uh, you know, I think uh, I was dropping back and, you know, I juggled an interception four or five times and fell down as I was running it back, but I got the ball back. So it was, yeah, no, like you're somehow in the way, but uh, you're not doing it pretty. Coach, the only other question I forgot to do before we got to this portion was um, I've had other, had other conferences on, Mainly the, the OAC was the kickoff to the season. Um, and Coach Hilbert loved the OAC, the SEC of Division Three. Uh, we've had some PAC coaches, particularly Coach Sirianni, a couple other people that said, well, I mean, if we go back and look at the records, uh, there's, there's, a very sim there's a big similarity between the OAC and the PAC if you remove maybe one school out of there. Um, 
where where do you sit? What is the value of the of the President's Athletic Conference and the teams that you guys all play? I mean, it, it's it's such a competitive conference, and I think that's that's really what is exciting about it. There, there's probably this last year five teams that could have won the league, and mm-hmm. we're in a position to win the league at some point in the year. Which over half your you know right around half your conference being in that position is pretty. Inc- it, there's not a lot of conferences that have that depth. No, so I would say we're you know week in week out. There's not a game where you're like, all right, this is the one. You know, we're 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 in a great spot. We're ready to go. And I think you know that that is what separates us. I think from other conferences is just how deep, how talented we are. From you know team, I guess eleven on up. And it's it's pretty. Uh, it's definitely. I think that's week in week out having to game plan for. And it's so diverse, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. have. Eva running the triple option. We have, you know, teams that are slinging the ball all over the place. Grove City that, you know, running an old school eye at times, and then they're able to spread out. And defensively, three down, four down, we're we're bringing pressure. We're sitting quarters one high. It's just there. It's so diverse this league, and it's 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 a lot of fun to be able to play in. So you know, I, I really really like this league. Coming over from the the league I was in, it, it's really cool to see um, the difference and see the competition. Now back to the the questions that that are more relaxed than just about you. Uh, three football movies for you that you like if you're going to to watch them. Those are the first three that you're going to pull. Yeah, um, I would say Remember the Titans is number one. That's uh, just a solid one. Um, Any given Sunday, and then um, Friday Night Lights. I think would be the- okay. The order. I, the third one for me is always it's just the replacements just sits there. It's I, yep. I don't know. I, I think it's the dance in jail and yep. the fact that they reference an Orange Bowl game like four times and the only thing Keanu could say is what did nobody have anything else to do that day? Like it's just everything that comes together. But um, question for you: um, Is there a question that you were expecting me to ask, and if so, how would you have answered it? Was there a question? Um, No, I tried to come in. You know, I watched a couple of these uh, with some of the other conference guys, just trying to see what I could get. But no, there was nothing that I I was expecting. I think it was uh, trying to go off the cuff and and, uh, come in as least prepared just so I could be open and and honest. So that's that's where I'm at. Well, I I appreciate the authenticity of of you coming in uh and just being off the cuff i also appreciate you checking out the shows please keep doing that um same to you guys make sure you continue to check out the episodes coach i want to say thank you very much for taking the time i'm glad we could get this finally together i I feel like we've been going back and forth a little bit um so best of luck this year don't be surprised you might see me and the and, and our dingo talk crew we're we're gonna be floating around a couple different games this year so um, if we're, if we're coming up your way, I'll let you know ahead of time. Maybe we can get a, a, a drink or get some food together after the game, of course. Yep. Get you over by the graveyard side, right? <laughs> um, I don't want to ring the bell. I know that's a very, that's, that's something I, you know, before we go, I got to ask you about that. So what is the tradition there with the bell? Um, you know, it, it's supposed to be the amount of points after the win, you you ring it for those points that you scored. Um, you know, unfortunately we didn't quite follow that rule when we, we got back from Bethany, but it was honestly one of the coolest experiences. Cause, 
Um, you know, we played an, a later game. We didn't get back till 10 o'clock at night. And mm -hmm. there were 300 people there for us to ring the bell in front of. And the wow. president was there. Our athletic director was there. We had, you know, Dean Astute. Like, there were a lot of people there, professors and students. And it was just an awesome environment. And I think everyone on the team tried to ring it about 100 times. Um, so it was, it was a blast. And uh, the next goal is obviously it's been even longer, but we got to ring it after a home game because uh, yeah, that, that's we've, we've only kind of done it after away games for even longer than the five years. So it's uh, it's definitely a tradition that uh, I, I'm excited to learn more about because we we only got to do it once this last fall. And uh, it's something I want to keep doing a lot. Well, coach. I think that's a perfect way to end it. I hope that this season brings a lot of bells for the teal area. Um, you sticking around. We'll be right back with Serenity Brown and uh, the editorial. Uh, but this was Coach Bauman, uh, Teal College's head coach, and we'll be right back. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carla Guadagnino. That's Serenity Brown. This is the editorial with Serenity Brown. Uh, before we get into that, thank you if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts or listen to your podcast. Please continue to do that. Hit the like and the little bell so you don't miss an episode. Same thing for those of you watching on YouTube. Really appreciate you. Um, hit the like button. Hit subscribe. Sam Bauman, Teal Head Football Coach. Go. Well, I'm going to point out the obvious of the audio issue. We had uh, small issues here and there, but one big one where you cut out real, real low. Like you can kind of still hear what you're saying, but it's real, real low. I don't know what happened there. Uh, probably pulled away from the mic, or I've noticed that sometimes the cord comes out, or it's it's in, but it's, it's not loose. All. Yeah. Um, I uh, I'm actually really excited to see what happens with teal in the coming years. I mean, it's. It's a little rough for me as a as a bison, former bison. I guess mm -hmm. we can't call myself. I can't call myself a bison anymore. Yeah. Um, but it, are you ever really not a bison? That's a conversation for another day. Um, you know, tough that they that they, they got to ring the victory bell coming home. Uh, I'd like to see when we're going through the schedule. I'd like to see them get a win at home so the coach can do that. Uh, ring that bell up there. Um, just seems to be very relaxed. He seems to be a very like kind of we're gonna we're gonna play ball. We're just we're gonna put our, our we're gonna put our best eleven on the field, and and it's gonna be the other team's job to to stop. And it, it, that doesn't bode well for the other teams in the conference uh, because it just makes the conference that much of a tougher schedule. Um, side note from this episode, I you know we we we're still recording episodes, and it's interesting to me. Um, the episodes that do well normally, whoever yeah. the guest was, they share it. And the episodes that don't do well, um, and vice versa, they, they're not shared. Um, but I wanted to talk to you about what you thought. Now, if you were you took 45 minutes out of your time to be on a show, well, let's just say I've already done this uh -huh. because I didn't, uh, really want to be on the show, we avoided it for a long time, but I was on the show. And I did share my episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not one who's big on really any social media. I'm not. Well, and, and every coach that we've had has shared 
has shared the show. I mean, Alan Saunders shared the show, Jim Collins. Yeah. It just seems that that would be the normal. Like Maybe I'm also, overthinking it, I guess. I don't understand the people who don't share the show because... When they're the guest. We're not yeah. talking about for the fans yeah. that listen. I understand. You don't have to. I don't expect you no, to put it No, but like there, if but... they're the guest on the show... Did you feel if like you, you wasted your time? Yeah, Did you feel you, like you wasted my time? If you or? didn't want it like out there or anything like that or your people to see it, why did you do it in the first place? Like, why did you do this show in the first place? It's it's just, it takes, what, two Well, weeks. I mean, look at our most viewed show. Jeff Seglin and whatever the hell he did. Yeah, that. I, it's, although, you know, um, many moons down the road, we inter we actually we did an, an interview this week with uh, Misericordia's head coach, and he, the direct quote that I got from him is, he's been on four podcasts. He's the top one in three of them. And the only reason he's not four out of four is because the guy got famous and started interviewing like James Franklin and these <laughs> division one coaches. And now he's number two or three on that list. But uh, I don't know, Jeff Seglin's got a thousand views. Yeah. Um, and it's really not about the views. It's just, no. that's not why I, I brought this up. I, I, I do this because I enjoy it. Um, I just don't understand, like, if you're going to, and it's been bothering me for about a week, maybe a little longer, that, like, why would you be on the show, talk about whatever your school is or whatever your you experiences want, were? Aren't you proud of your experiences? Yeah, you and, want to be able to show the world what your school has to offer, what you have to offer you for your schools, stuff like that, but... And, and it's not, I'm not taking a stab at anyone in particular. No. I'm, st I'm just stating, because we had a bunch of people during the alumni tour, the same thing. They didn't necessarily, and that's most of the people that didn't share it alumni tour wise were the people that we expected weren't going to share it. They're not big social media. And I get that. I just, and maybe you guys at home are listening to this going, what the hell is this guy talking about? Or maybe you're wondering the same thing. Like, why would you be on a show and then just be like, oh yeah, babe, I, I did it, but I'm not going to acknowledge that I did it. Um, and that concludes our manic rant for the week. Thank you. And watch this segue. Watch this. Ready? Ready? Mental Health Appreciation Month and uh, Awareness Month. I guess not. Awareness. No, we appreciate mental health as well. I mean, we don't. Are you okay? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. But we're here. We're hanging out. Um, yeah, Coach Bauman was a awesome guest. He invited us up there. I don't know how I feel when we talked about this. I don't know how I feel about the, the graveyard on the the, the side where the, the visit, I, I, it's the only time I've ever been up there is they put us on the, us, by, us bison, us bison. They put us on the sideline that there's a, there's a, there's a cemetery right, right there. You know? No, it's creepy. Every time I've been up there, it rained, it was gray. I'm sure, Why did they put you over there? I'm sure. I mean, they weren't considering my feelings when I was over there. That's... But, all right, this has gone off the rails. So, um, Tell me, come to a close. Top three movie villains, in your opinion. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of movies besides, like, scary movies, I guess. Like... Which literally have, they are surrounded by a <laughs> villain. You're going to tell me Michael Myers is a hero? Okay, he is. And I, I know he is to a lot of people. And you people all scare me. But I think we've, did I, did I throw you off enough? <laughs> we don't. We 
All right, Chucklehead, we will see you next week. Make sure if you haven't yet, hit the hit the uh, follow button on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. Everything is the same, Stingo Talk, except for Instagram at Stingo underscore talk. Um, and we'll catch you next week, Chuckleheads. Thanks for checking out this episode of Dingo Talk. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. For more info and to contact the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dingo Talk.